This is the Podium Finish Live from Austin, Texas, and various points across the country. Here's your host, Rob Tiansen. And a good, good day to everyone out there listening to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Podium Finish Live here with your host, Rob Tiansen, and I'm joined alongside, as always, Nathan Solomon. We are motorsports journalists who both attend St. Bonaventure University, and more than that, we are both motorsports journalists who just love the series of NASCAR, and this edition of TPF Live is a special show because it's episode 30, so another milestone in the books. Uh, not quite number, you know, episode 25 where we can get a, a birthday kick or something, but hey, 30 is pretty good. It's the new 20s as, our, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and this episode is a very amazing one because it's not just me and Nathan in today, but of course we are joined by a really terrific up and coming stellar race car driver from the NASCAR Xfinity series. Uh, I'm really glad that when we say TPF live, it's pretty live, I would say for today because we are joined by none other than Stefan Parsons, NASCAR Xfinity Series competitor. And if you folks are fans of the old Inside NASCAR show with Alan Bestwick, Johnny Benson, and Michael Waltrip and Ken Schrader, well, this is as pretty close as it gets on the podcast side. So it's going to be pretty cool. Stefan, I don't know if we're going to be as cool as Bailey Curry's uh, Real Men of Genius podcast, but uh, in a moment, I'll introduce you and you can tell us how we're doing or driving in this case. But it's going to be an awesome edition because we're going to talk about all things that happened at Kansas. So if you watched the races this past weekend, then you're going to be pretty tired of hearing Kansas. That's a dad joke, of course, for everybody in this room and the audiences who are hopefully not going to drown us out right now. Um, and of course, talk to Stefan about his plans this year, because of course, recently he's got announced his intentions for the rest of the season, which I will let him talk about more very shortly. And then we'll look ahead to the action-packed, larger-than-life NASCAR All-Star Race Weekend. With things being in Texas, of course, it's always bigger in Texas. So episode 30 naturally has to be a action-packed, jumbo-sized edition, as if we went to Sam's Club, BJ's Wholesale Club, or Costco, whichever membership you both have to groceries. But why don't we get to the pleasantries right now so we can get to the fun part of our show. So of course, as always, everyone, I've got Nathan Solomon here um, and he is pretty much dead set on talking about Kansas. So why don't we talk to get Nathan here? So Nathan, how are you doing today, man? Doing well as always. Always uh, glad to be on here to record another podcast. Pretty crazy to think that we're already uh, 30 episodes into this, but uh Glad that finally getting to some of the summer months now, done with school and uh, ready for everything to come with TPF. Yeah, man, it's going to be a good time because starting this weekend and pretty much until Kansas in the fall for the moment, we're going to be at every race. So it's a, it's a new feeling for us um, and a new experience that we'll have as a team. And I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do. Um, the more races on site, the better for sure. And Someone who knows all about being at the racetrack, being in that race car in the heat of the battle, of course, is our special guest host and special guest, Stefan Parsons. So, Stefan, welcome to the program for the first time, my friend. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. And I, I, like I said at the top of the show, you've got some special plans that you already announced. So it's not going to be totally surprising, but I want you to, t- to talk about that. Actually... Why don't you tell us a little bit about that right now? Because I know as an audience member, if I'm listening to this, I want to know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm running my uh, first of of several races with uh, Team Alpha Prime and Tommy Joe Martins and Caesar Baccarella this weekend um, at Texas. Uh, really excited about that. I think it's a really good opportunity. I think I'm really excited about uh, what Caesar and Tommy Joe are are doing with their program and kind of the vision they have and the direction they're headed and. Um, really excited to have SoCal uh, supporting me and, and on board for that. And we have uh, Market Market Rebellion this this weekend on our car. So uh, I'm really, really excited about that. That really sounds awesome. And sounds like you're ready to head down to DFW for some action-packed Saturday racing in your car. And hopefully your father fills out of that race car because you look pretty comfortable in Darlington, I'd say. <laughs> Yeah, that was cool. You know, uh, Darlington, we were able to, we ran a throwback to one of his old paint schemes, um, from 1988, one scheme he won, uh, he won the Talladega cup race with, um, and it was cool. And, you know, it was, it was really special for not only for me, but for him and our family to be able to, uh, bring that scheme back on the racetrack. And, uh, we were very appreciative of, of SoCal and, and circle B diecast coming on board for that. Uh, but yeah, that was cool. You know, we, during cup qualifying, our, uh, they had a stage in the back stretch, and then they had a uh, had everybody drive the cars to the front stretch. So I thought it would be really cool, really special to have him uh, have him drive it on the front stretch. So that was fun. That's awesome, right? He looked like he was right at home again, and I could have sworn we were back in 1988, um, which both of you unfortunately don't know what that year was like. But I can tell you, as the old guy in this room, that 1988 was a good time in NASCAR. So. Your father winning a race, your your uncle, who is one of the best announcers and drivers in NASCAR, by the way. Man, that was a good time to be alive, and it's a great time to be alive right now with you uh, carrying on your family's legacy. And we're going to talk more about that during your segment. And we have a special guest as well joining us, not live, but uh, I didn't want to tell you who it is yet, Stefan. So just stay tuned for that, because I think you will be very happy to see who's going to be um, co-joining you for your uh, in the hot seat segments. So stay tuned for that, folks. Uh, for sure, Stefan, re really glad to have you on. And speaking of Circle B Diecast, uh, as you folks know, we have a good partnership of course on TPF Live. Um, so if you're looking to buy the latest Diecast cars from the Lionel NASCAR offerings, of course, or IndyCar movie or TV show card offerings from Greenlight Collectibles, you know that if you spend $30 or more on in-stock items or any items shipping at the same time, use promo code TPF2022 to get free shipping. So head on over to circlebdiecast.com and let uh, Brent and his team know that Rob Tionson, Nathan Solomon, and yesterday, Stephen Parsons sent you over. And we want our residual checks for that, Brent. You better give it to us. I'm kidding. But we are so appreciative of what you do in the sport, Brent, and you have great people uh, your business. So circlebdiecast.com for all the latest and all the cool diecast cars and merchandise from the motorsports and car world. Well, I would like to go shopping, but we've got a show to get to. So right now, why don't we get to it right now with Podium Perspectives? Well, Kansas Speedway has pretty much blown over like my tire earlier on Monday. So that's no slam to Goodyear in my case. I'm glad to be okay. But I would say there's a bevy of drivers who would probably beg to differ about what happened to them. Um, so when it came to Kansas, at least on the cup side of things, 
a lot of drivers had issues with their tires. I mean, we saw some great drivers like Joey Logano having a practice and qual a, a crash during practice and qualifying, which was pretty odd to see. And then of course we saw Ricky Stenhouse Jr. have an issue, although he was able to rebound and get a good top 10 finish on Sunday. But goodness gracious in the race, we saw tire issues, not only with the tires themselves on the racetrack, but even on pit road. I mean, I don't think any of us have seen a tire just stubbornly not want to get dislodged for about seven laps in case for Eric Jones. So that was a crazy situation. And of course we saw uh, Tyler Reddick have tire issues and one of Stefan's good friend, of course, unfortunately, William Byron who was leading the race having a tire issue as well. But all in all, I, I would say we're not tired of talking about the otherwise good action that we saw in the cup race when we didn't have issues with the tires. We saw Kurt Busch, looking like the Kurt Busch of old and Kyle Larson showcasing why he's the defending cup champion was as those two dueled it out for the last 20 laps before Kurt Busch made the decisive pass with seven laps to go. I don't want to chime in too much because this is supposed to be Stefan's turn to be here and I want to make it fun for him. So let's make you have the analyst hat on right now, if you will, Stefan. So we'll start off with you first. And then Nathan, I mean, we saw a little bit of everything in the cup race, maybe too much of everything, I guess. But what did you take away from that race? I thought it was a great race. I think Kansas has always been a good racetrack. I think it's certainly had good finishes before. Um, but I thought it was really cool to see uh, how the last 60 laps played out. Um, obviously, uh, Larson getting the lead, Kyle Busch getting the second, and Kurt getting back in third. I mean, I feel like Kurt probably had the best car all day. Um at least definitely the latter half of the race. Um, and it was cool to see Kurt be able to, uh, to run, run them, run his, run his brother and uh, Kyle Larson both down and uh, pass them. You know, I thought it was a great race. I think, I think the next gen has gone above and beyond even what, uh, what NASCAR kind of expected to. I think it's, it's been, it's led to some really good racing this year. Uh, and it was cool to see Kurt get a win for Denny and Michael Jordan. I think it was, it was it's great for the sport. And um, I mean, it, it also showed that uh, those old guys can can still get it done, right? Um, so it was. I thought it was a great race. You know, I had some great race, and people could move around. That's. I think that's one of my um, markers for a good race is is drivers being able to move around, not necessarily being a one groove racetrack and being able to make a difference as a driver and and being able to kind of search for clean air and search for grip around the racetrack. Um, and I think Kansas had that, you know, and there was, like you said, there were some tire issues. I'm not, I'm not sure if that was uh, teams just running too low on air pressure or maybe being aggressive with, with, uh, re with rear camber. I'm not really sure, but um, definitely something that they're going to have to look at. I'm pretty sure it's the same tire they're running this weekend, uh, Texas too. So um definitely gonna have to they're definitely gonna have to go back and, and work on that you know because you don't obviously you don't want to have that problem this weekend at texas all-star with a million dollars on the line yeah nobody yeah. wants to see the all-star race happen to have a situation where um you're gonna have tire blowouts and tire problems decide the race so hopefully those issues are at least resolved because you don't want to have a tire failure on the high banks of Texas motor speedway, whether the first two corners or the last two. And, uh, Stefan, we really appreciate you actually giving some truth to tire issues because I felt like on my end, we heard a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say politicking from the drivers and teams, but a lot of them are doing the whole 
I don't know. I think that, you know, I don't know. And I, I don't want to put, you know, you drivers in the heat in that, but I was just like, come on guys. We're not fools. We're not little kids on that. We know what happens. So I'm glad that you kind of chimed in with an honest perspective on that. Nathan, of course, you got to see the race as well. Um, you know, Stefan chimed in with some really good thoughts about what happened um, from the driver's perspective. And I liked what he had to say. What about your perspectives on the, the cup race on Sunday? Yeah, I thought it was a really good race. You know, we've, we've only had three, three cup series races on, on true intermediate tracks for so, I mean, not really including Atlanta and, and so far the next gen cars three for three on it. We've had uh, three really great shows. Auto club was a great show. Las Vegas was a great show. And, and, and now, um, not, now Kansas with a few more intermediates, you know, kind of in a row here on the schedule. So sure. We'll see some more great racing here in these next couple of weeks, but what a dominant day for Toyota, you know, all six of their cars in the top 10, they really needed that. They'd kind of, uh, gotten off to a little bit of a, of a disappointing start this season with that new car, but last couple of weeks, they've been a lot stronger. Obviously Kyle Busch got that win, um, at Bristol dirt, Denny Hamlin had gotten that win at, at Richmond, but, uh, today or Sunday was really the first time where we kind of saw all six cars really seem to click. Obviously Kurt Busch got the victory, uh, for 23, 11, Bubba Wallace had great speed really all day. Uh, and then all four JGR cars really ran up front, but, um, I think really the bigger thing there is no Fords in the top 10. Uh, I think a few weeks ago, there's something pretty similar. Maybe it was Talladega or I, for, I forgot what track I was Dover where um, I, I think there's only one Ford, in the top 10. So we've kind of seen Ford falling off a little bit the last couple of weeks with the next gen car, which is kind of interesting and in Toyota pick up. So I don't know what, what's kind of happened there, but uh, certainly interesting. Uh, all the Chevys seem to be, to be remaining pretty consistent, but uh, just not a, a really great day for Toyota and uh, certainly shaking up the playoffs a lot with the Kurt Busch victory. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the OEM situation it was so weird seeing Austin Sendrick, who's a really good race car driver, being the highest representative for the Ford camp and getting 11th place. Uh, that's really concerning, especially when the fact the fact remains that intermediate tracks do make up a bit of the playoff schedules and of course, regular season schedules. So I'm sure the Ford performance crew are going to be looking into what's going on and getting the pigs back into their, their, their fleet of cars and teams. But as far as Toyota is concerned, I feel like they're just getting their act warmed up. They're like their orchestra getting their, their string section and, and their, their players ready for the big moments of the season. So Hang tight if you're a Chevrolet because right now you're trying to enjoy as much as you can on the cup side because I feel like the Toyota gang are just getting ready to, to make things happen. And speaking of making things happen, I mean, Kurt Busch getting that win, it really shakes up the playoff picture because now we've got 11 different winners, I believe 11 different winners already throughout this year, which is insane to think about because Nathan and I, we've been talking about this throughout the history of this podcast that there could be the possibility talking about different more than 16 different race winners in the cup series before we get to the regular season finale at Daytona in August. I mean, just imagine if some of your favorites who won races are eliminated because some of the drivers ahead of them in points or around the same position as your favorite driver wins multiple races. So, I mean, we've got a lot on the line in the regular season. I know for the cup side, you know, there's no points on the line with the all-star race, but with the 600 looming around the corner and then we got gateway and a lot of those other different race tracks that we don't get to see a lot in the schedule, Nathan, the playoff picture has been shaken up big time. I mean, what do you think is going to happen 
once the point seasons, uh, regular season gets back underway in the 600 at Charlotte, do we see more of this Toyota domination? Does that mean we're going to see more different winners again? Yeah, I'm not sure because I mean, right now we're halfway through the regular season, and you know, like kind of like what you mentioned, we have 11 winners already, and which you know, hypothetically means only five spots left in the playoffs. Where at this point, it almost seems like someone who wins a race this year might almost have to point their way into the playoffs. I mean, I think going into going into Kansas, Kurt Busch was, I think, 21st in points. So, um, when Kurt Busch wins, you don't think of it as an upset victory, but it kind of was an upset victory just in the sense of of the whole playoff, you know, standings and everything. So I, I certainly see a scenario right now where we could have 16 or 17 winners. I mean, you, you know, you look right now, there's, there's a bunch of, of really good drivers that haven't won a race yet this year, Christopher Bell, Martin Truex Jr., um, Kevin Harvick, Eric Almarola, just to kind of name a handful there. Uh, so I, uh, Bubba Wallace, you know, I could certainly see us having 17 winners and then someone like Austin Sindrick or, or Kurt, Busch, Kurt Busch having to kind of battle it out against each other to try to, um, try to you know get that last spot there in the playoffs because I think th- this might be the year where someone with a win doesn't get in. And I think we kind of talk about it every year. Uh last year it c- kind of became a, a little bit of a question. I think we had 13 or 14 different winners during the regular season. But this year I think could really be the year. Obviously the this next gen car is meant to, to create a lot more parity. We've seen a lot more parity. We you know, I think Ricky Stenhouse Jr. he's ran top 10 now three straight weeks after being completely lost the first eight. So certainly anything can happen. Uh, and at this point, it wouldn't surprise me if anyone won. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty about NASCAR racing. It's almost like baseball. I mean, you think you know everything that's going to happen in a game or in a race in this case. And before you know it, that team that's in fifth place in the standings, like the AL East, can climb their way back into the picture. I'm talking about my Red Sox, of course, against Nathan's New York Yankees. So a little bit of trash talking going on right there. But Stefan, of course, you know, from the driver's perspective, you heard what Nathan had to say about the possibility of more than 16 different race winners. I mean, you 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 watch what goes on in the Cup Series. You got some friends in the series as well. So, I mean, what do you think, man? Are we going to see more than 16 different race winners? And does this mean that we might see some spoilers when it comes to the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much going to echo what Nathan said. I think there's a lot of good – I think – I think it's certainly a possibility, especially when there's a lot of good guys out there who haven't won yet. You know, like Hart, like you said, Harvick, Seville, Truex, um, Reddick has been running really good this year. Um, I mean, and then you still you put you throw Daytona in there at the at the end of the regular uh, at the end of the regular season and and some road courses. You never know somebody like Michael McDowell could could uh, could go out there and get a win. So you never know. I, I certainly think it's a possibility. I don't know. I don't know, like in the past, at least with the playoff system, like how many winners we've had, at, like what's the most amount of winners we've had up to this point. But I can't imagine, I have to imagine this is the most. Um, so I think it's certainly interesting to see. And I think, um, I think you're going to see people who have that one win uh, really go for stage points and playoff points. Um, you know, especially if you get in a situation where we're in the summer stretch and, uh, we get towards July and there's 15 winners. People are kind of going to be like, Oh man, like, you know, there's a good chance that we could get a surprise winner. And, and, you know, there's not going to be any, uh, any just point, you know, getting into the playoffs just based on points. Right. So, um, and I'm not, yeah. So I, who know, I mean, who knows, uh, you never know. I mean, we could, 
have a different winner the next five weeks or one person could win the next five races. You know, that's, that's the beauty of the sport. You never, it's very unpredictable and you never know what's going to happen. And that's exactly why when it comes to doing uh, Clint Boyer's cash money bonus thing during the Fox segment of the races, it's impossible to get it all right. So, I mean, I love NASCAR for the fact that you, we can talk all we want, preview everything we want, and then the race happens and, and the craziness can, uh, can ensue like it did in Kansas on Sunday. So, I mean, when we get to the 600 race weekend, which I know is a test versus man versus machine, as it is every year, I know attrition is not exactly a big thing that we're thinking about right now for the playoff hunt, but I think with the 600, we should be thinking about that, especially with the fact too, that the 550 horsepower package is not around anymore. We're going to have 670 horsepower uh, for these cars. So, I mean, anything's possible. And I'm really excited to see what happens when we get to those road course races as well, because someone like Michael McDowell, who has been running really well lately, wouldn't that be something if the number 3014 gets something that gets, gets on a roll, gets a couple of wins here and bumps out the uh, usual favorites who just aren't high enough in points. So, I mean, we'll see what's going to happen once we get to the long, hot summer. And I'm excited just because of the fact that this is not your typical NASCAR season. So I hope you ladies and gentlemen are enjoying this year so far in the Cup Series because we're going to move on from the cup to the truck series. We need some trucks in right now uh, for a podium perspective and talk about what happened as well at Kansas for the truck series. I mean, let's talk about Zane Smith for a second here, folks. I mean, he has been terrific all season long and it's no surprise that he had won, you know, won the race on uh, Saturday night in his number 38 front row motorsports truck. I mean, ever since he's, you know, joined the number 38 team, he has looked really strong at super speedways, intermediates, road courses, and those those happen to be racetracks that he won at. Of course, Daytona to kick off the year at Coda, the race I covered here in Austin a couple of months ago. And then most recently at Kansas, I mean, he looked like he was ready to head back to Charlotte and, you know, just take it easy. He's he's like, you know, I don't have to worry about Texas. I got that one won. <laughs> Let's just head home to Charlotte and see what happens when I have to deal with the, the hometown crowd, uh, at least for the world of NASCAR. We're going to start off with Nathan and hear from Stefan, of course, on that. I mean, Zane Smith is pretty much making himself look like he is the proverbial sole truck child championship contender. But as we know, of course, the sport can mix things up. We might see the GMS boys like uh, Grant Infinger maybe making it uh, interesting to say the least. Uh, you know, there's so much on the line. Maybe even the Hattori guys will do well with Chase Purdy um, and Tyler Ankrum, among others. I mean, Nathan, you got to see the uh, truck race on Saturday night as well. What are your thoughts about Zane Smith? Do you think he's pretty much got this puppy wrapped up already? Or are we going to see a lot more action later on this year? Well, certainly anything can happen in Phoenix, but I think right now, Zane Smith is by far the, you know, the, the number one contender for, uh, for the truck series championship. I mean, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. He's won three different races this season, all at three different types of racetrack. He seems to be the most complete driver right now in that series. Obviously you have, um, John Hunter Nemechek, who, who's been pretty consistent here these last few weeks. He's kind of seemed to, uh, find that consistency again in, in both trucks and Xfinity and in his starts he's doing there. Uh, so, and obviously he got that win last week at Darlington. So I think between those two, those are your, 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 your number one, number two contenders kind of respectively, but Zane Smith ha has been solid all year. He, I think he only has one or two finishes outside of the top five. He's, he's, he's just maintained really consistent and he's really you know, showing that he can take that next step last year, he kind of 
obviously had a little bit of a down year, struggled a little bit with GMS now this year with a new team, new manufacturer. He's proving his worth. He, he, he's proving that he's not just a, a contender in the truck series and that he's deserving of, of moving up to the Xfinity series and, and, and maybe beyond. So um, certainly I expect Zane Smith to, uh, to, to, to be one of the contenders when it comes to Phoenix. Uh, I expect him to, to certainly win a lot more races this season. And, and they're, in, they're in the middle of an eight race stretch here. They're, they're two of eight races here in a row. So I uh, certainly wouldn't shock me to see him in victory lane again within the next six weeks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he just looks like he's running on rails right now. It's almost like watching those Adventure Force NASCAR slot cars on the racetrack, except uh, Zane is avoiding those crashes. He's just capitalizing each and every weekend. Um, and I think if he stays the course, he's going to make it pretty tough for other teams, especially our reigning truck champion, Ben Rhodes, to catch up. But of course, Mr. Rhodes is good on consistency. He knows how to get the job done. And oh, yeah, let's not forget short track season's just about coming around the corner in the truck series with Knoxville next month. And of course, the return of, I will still call it IRP um, during the Brickyard Race Weekend. I know a lot of drivers, including Stefan, I think everybody loves having uh, IRP back in the world of NASCAR again. But let's talk again about Zane Smith here from your perspective, Stefan. I mean, he looks super tough. He doesn't have a lot of weaknesses right now. I mean, in, in your case, I know your, your dad walked, he covers the truck series for livings. I don't know how much you guys trade notes on things, but from your perspective, what do you think? Yeah, you know, they've been pretty lights out this year. Obviously, uh, obviously they built a really good program at, at Front Row. Um, Tic Tac over there has been doing a really good job. They've really got stuff figured out this year. But, I mean, John Hunter has been fast this year. He's won, I don't know how many polls and got some stage wins. So, I think – I, th I think it's hard to make a prediction now because at this point last year, you probably would have said John Hunter was the easy favorite to win the camp, the truck series championship last year. And, but you can, you can't count out uh, GMS. You can't count out Infinger, um, Chandler Smith, obviously. Um, and, but you can never count out the horse board either. You know, they got, uh, obviously they have some really good players. Majeski was really fast at Kansas. Uh, obviously Ben Rhodes always kind of figures Figures out a way to be a contender by the end of the year, like you said, Mr. Consistency. So I would say Zane is definitely the early favorite, but I think it's this the truck series is very unpredictable and and you never know um, who's going to be good. And obviously you can't count out people like Stuart Friesen. You know, they've been fast. They've had good speed everywhere. Uh, so it's hard to say. It's hard to say who's the favorite. Obviously, Zane seems like the, the odds-on favorite, but you, we got uh, seven more straight weeks of truck series racing and, and anything could happen. That's a really good point you made right there, Stefan, because I thought for sure last year around this time, I was like, you know what? Forget who else is in the truck series. This is John Hunter Nemechek's truck title to win. I mean, all he has to pretty much do is just show up, you know, don't trip over anything. And if he just finishes the race, he's got it. But obviously that's not how it worked out. I mean, the playoffs changed things up a lot. Um, you know, in, in sports, we always see how teams that dominate in regular season all of a sudden just struggle in the playoffs or have some bad luck happen to them. So, I mean, that's a really great point you brought up there and you just never know. And I, I would be, I'd be remiss if I don't consider Nemechek as one of the truck title championship contenders. Again, I think he and his team are just getting warmed up and you never know what crew chief Eric Phillips can do to get that number four team back on track. Um, especially with the fact that they've won a bunch of polls, like you said, and Honestly, if they just kind of didn't have those the situations happen on those late race restarts, we could have be we could have been talking about Nemechek winning again. So we'll see what happens because uh, the trucks uh, title championship hunt is always fun to watch. 
doesn't get a lot of love sometimes on TPF Live. So we're going to try our best to talk more about trucks and uh, on TPF Live. I think it's going to be a great, great championship battle down to the wire at Phoenix, to say the least. Now for our last topic here in Podium Perspectives, before we get to our double billing of hot seat interviews here, let's get to talking about my second hometown track, of course, Texas Motor Speedway. Um, of course, it's the NASCAR All-Star Race Weekend, but it's a triple header of NASCAR action, which I am sorry I'm not going to see in person, but we've got a quartet of uh, personnel from the TPF team that will be there. So, of course, for the Truck Series, we've got the SpeedyCash.com 220 that will be on Friday night. And, of course, the defending race winner is the aforementioned John Hunter Nemechek. For the Xfinity Series, we've got the SRS Distribution 250, in which case here, the defending race winner is Kyle Busch. But, of course, he's not racing anymore in the Xfinity Series. So that means it's a wide open race. And who knows, maybe our good friend here on the show is going to be among the contenders or at least knocking on the door for a good finish, to say the least. And then, of course, on Sunday night, you folks better stay up late. I don't care on the East Coast if you are whining about late race or race, late race start times. When it comes to the All-Star Race, I don't care if it's in Charlotte, Bristol, or Texas Motor Speedway. It's the GD All-Star Race. Yes, GD All-Star Race. Unlike the TV-edited version of Casino and Goodfellas, Goodfellas I can't swear because it's a family atmosphere. Now, if you want to get me on Patreon, maybe I'll start cussing. But... I don't think we journalists do that. Apocris doesn't do it. Rob Tionson doesn't do that. But we'll start off with Stefan and then to get here hear from Nathan, of course. Um, as far as the Texas preview side of our topic of conversation here, let us think about both the truck, Xfinity, and Cup Series races. Just simplify it. So, Stefan, why don't you give me for each series your two favorites and your two spoilers for each race? And yes, you can consider yourself as among, among the favorites if you wish. No, that's like I don't. I think I think Ve- I think uh, Vegas would be mad at me if I bet on myself. That's like insider <laughs> trading. Um, but uh, trucks, you know, it's hard not to pick Zane or John Hunter. But I think you could definitely see. Um, you could see. I mean, anybody go out. You could see Chandler Smith be up there contend for a win. Uh, you could see, you know, freezing roads. I mean, it's hard to pick one. I mean, if I had to pick one, I'd say probably John Hunter. Uh, just because he's defending race winner there and uh, probably I'd probably pick John Hunter and Zane. I feel like that's the easy pick. Um, do I got to pick two spoilers too? Yeah. Like dark horse picks. Um, probably Majeski. I feel like they've got their, uh, I feel like they've got their mile and a half program really figured out. They're really good at Kansas. And I feel like Kansas kind of translates to uh, Texas in a way. And I probably would have to pick Friesen. I feel like they have had some good speed this year, some good mile and a half speed. Um, obviously, it was kind of tough at Kansas because uh, Stewart missed his flight or his flight got canceled. Uh, so he didn't get to get the necessarily the time and practice and qualifying to get the thing dialed in like he wanted. But uh, yeah, I would have to go with those for sure. And then, oh, Cindy, right. Um, man, it's it's hard. I think the I think my two favorites uh, my two favorites would probably be Noah and Ty uh, just because Ty's been so good this year. Um, obviously, he's got several wins, and uh, Noah as well has been really really fast. They've shown a lot of speed. He's been working really well with uh, Luke Lambert. Um, they've definitely been firing all eight cylinders. So I'd say those are my two picks. Uh, dark horses. Um, Honestly, I go with Ryan Truex in 18. Uh, he's got a lot of experience at Texas. Uh, he's, you know, he's 
got running a limited schedule, so he's got a lot to prove in a couple races. So I would go with Ryan Truex for one and maybe Reddick in the 48. You know, they had a lot of speed at Darlington and uh, I saw where on the entry list, he's back in 48 this weekend. So I think he'd be a good pick. Yep, absolutely. And then we'll get to the cup side in a bit. Cause I know that's a lot to talk about. <laughs> and, uh, I'm glad you were being fair and didn't say, oh, and count me in. But I, we totally would have understood if you were going to consider yourself in the mix because I, I tr- I'm i going to chime in a little bit later as to why I think you'll be in the mix as well. But why don't we get to Nathan's ideas for the truck and Xfinity races? Because I know just alone, those are some pretty good shows that we're going to see this Sunday or this Friday and Saturday. So what do you think, my friend? Yeah, the start off for trucks. I mean, I think John Hunter Nevichek again. Uh, he he's certainly a contender there. Um, he he won the Xfinity race last fall. Obviously, won the won the truck race there in the spring. So he he's certainly shown a lot of speed there. Uh, I'll go with him. Um, I think is uh, is it Corey Heim or is it Kyle Busch in the fifty one truck? But uh, you know, all three Time. Kyle Busch trucks have been uh, super strong this year. So really, really all three of those trucks, I could see that you know they, they seem to really have the mile and a half program kind of dialed in. Um, for for I guess underdogs, um, I don't even know if you could really consider him a, an underdog. But Matt Craft and he's al- he's always super consistent. He hasn't really gotten that win there in a while. I could certainly see him uh, see him up in the mix. Um, and, and maybe some of the DGR trucks. I think I think Ryan Priest is in the 17 again this week, so uh, maybe maybe see him uh, uh, up there trying to contend for a win. Obviously, won Nashville last year. Um, Xfinity uh, for contenders. Um, you know, the, the Junior Motorsports cars ha- have been really fast these last couple of weeks. Like, and all four cars were in the top five there at Dover. Um, really, I think uh, I, I think any of those cards can certainly be in the mix. Uh, any of the Joe Gibbs cards, the eighteen, the nineteen, especially. Um, you know, they, they've been fast all year. Ties been fast all year, of course. Uh, and then for spoilers, I think for the sake of this show, we'll go with the we'll go with the two Alpha Prime cars. <laughs> that is a fair, fair thing. You you just took the words out of my mouth, as uh, uh, Wally Dollenbeck said during a TNT race. Um, so. GD, I'm, I'm not trying to swear today, so that's no money going to the swear jar for me, but good, good picks right there. So I get to finally chime in here, which I'm looking forward to for trucks and Xfinity. So in the truck race, uh, yeah, of course, Zane and John Hunter Nemechek. Yeah, that's probably the easiest ones, but I'm going to be a little bit spicy here and make things a little bit interesting because y'all went with the easy favorites. I mean, just looking at the entry list myself, you know, I think you have to consider the likes of Ben Rhodes for my top contender uh, and my second contender, if you had to pick a second one, I, you know, honestly think you have to consider somebody like Carson Hosovar. I know that he didn't have the best of weekends last Saturday night, but I mean, Nice Motorsports, when they have the speed, they got the handling down, right. And, you know, Texas Motor Speedway, the truck races, drafting is a factor, of course. I think you got to think about Mr. Hat Guy <laughs> for sure. So I think he's one of my, those are my two favorites. For underdogs, just to make it fun, you know, Todd Bodine. I know he's from Shemong, New York, but I grew up in Bellingham, Massachusetts during my high school years. And the Bodine brothers spent some time living in Bellingham, Massachusetts. So I got to think The Onion has to be one of the underdogs. And I don't mean The Onion as in the funny satire and media outlet, which I read every day for fun. And as far as another one that you have to consider as, as an underdog driver, you know, somebody like you know, Ryan Priest would be a good idea. Let's go with Matt the Benedetto, just because Matt's been pretty good when it comes to those late race restarts. 
And we saw he went from like 13th place to finishing in the top 10, which is not easy to do in Kansas. So I got to think the Rackley WAR boys and girls are ready to make things happen in the Lone Star State. As far as the Xfinity race is concerned, we've got so many contenders to think about. Y'all went with JRM, which I think, yes, they're the easy favorites. But I'm going to go with AJ Allmendinger as my top pick. And I was really impressed with how he fared in last year's races at Texas Motor Speedway. We know how good and tough he'll be uh, amongst those JRM boys and, of course, the Gibbs boys out there. And the other contender I'm going to think about as well is actually going to be, yes, a JRM driver, but I'm going to go with Sam Mayer. I love what I'm seeing out of this young 18-year-old driver. He looks confident. He's finally getting the finishes he deserves. He's staying out of trouble. And if he can continue to do that, don't be surprised if number one is number one on Saturday night, Saturday afternoon. Yes, for my underdogs, for my first one, it would be our friend and our special guest, of course, Stefan Parsons. I got to tell you why. Alpha Prime Racing has some great equipment. They got great people around. Stefan's a great driver. He knows how to keep his equipment in check. He's really good at staying out of trouble. And goodness gracious, if he can just, you know, keep it up like he did at Darlington, I look forward to him seeing a top 10 finish. Yes, that's right. Top 10 for you, my friend. You better get it done. I'm not sure at all, but I think you're capable of that. Okay, top 15, you know, at the worst. But I'm going to think about another one out here that's, it might seem out of left field. Jeffrey Earnhardt. Yes, he's in that Sam Hunt Racing car this weekend. And Sam Hunt Racing has shown some good speed this year. And if they can keep it up, and we know how good Jeffrey is as well, who knows? It could be a little bit of a throwback when I say Parsons and Earnhardt being among the underdog drivers. So this is the 80s, my friends. This is not Darlington throwback weekend, but names like Parsons and Earnhardt, yeah, I think you got to think about that. So I wasn't paid to do that. I'm just giving my honest thoughts on that. So that's appreciate the, that. Yeah, of course, my friend. We we look forward to seeing what you can do in that car, and uh, mm. can't wait to see it happen starting this weekend. Let's let's get quickly to the All Star race. Let's not worry about the Open because you know that's a lot to think about. Just simply think about the All Star race, which this year, thank goodness gracious, it's a much easier format for me to explain. So the first three stages are twenty five laps each. And the final one is 50 laps, which may seem like a long one, but there's a catch. If there's no natural cautions between laps 15 to 25, NASCAR will throw a caution flag. So you folks better not be BSing about it. Just be chill. It's, a, it's an entertaining race. And then, of course, the big million-dollar prize is on the line. We know Kyle Larson. His nickname is Young Money. Boy, did he live up to that name last year when he won that race. And honestly, in my opinion... That race victory along with the 600 is what really catalyzed his championship run. They're not going to pay points, but they'll pay a goddamn lot of cash. So <laughs> we'll start off with Stefan and then hear from Nathan. You don't have to give me two picks. Just give me your straight up all-star race winning picks. So Stefan, you first and then Nathan. Um, Kind of torn between two. And honestly, I just remembered that William is also in the Xfinity race. And I think William, I think it'd be hard to bet against William in the Xfinity race, considering he has been winning everything under the sun this year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of kind of torn between William and Ross. Obviously, they both have, both have multiple wins this year, and they've kind of they've consistently recently had top five speed. Obviously, William was leading at uh, – Leading at uh, Kansas before he blew that left rear and Ross, I feel like Ross probably had one of the best cars, if not the best car at Darlington before 
how you spawn the backstretch. So uh, you're making me pick between the two. Um, I'm going to have to go with, uh, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with William because I think uh, obviously the one, the one team has had a lot of speed everywhere, but their wins came on, uh, came at uh, Coda and Talladega. And obviously Williams win came at uh, Atlanta and Martinsville, but they've had really good speed on my own half, obviously leading at Kansas where they had trouble. Um, so I'm going to have to go with William, my bias slash unbiased opinion. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I'm sure he'll appreciate that if he does listen. And I hope he does listen to our show because uh, he was a guest earlier this year. So we'd appreciate it. Mr. 24, uh, here's what you had to say. What about you, Solly? What do you think? I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. I think he he's really seemed to find a lot of speed here these last six weeks. I'm not going to say completely out of nowhere, but it seemed like maybe the first six or so weeks of the season, um, he, he was more of a 10th to 15th place car. He's been really top five ever since really that Bristol win. So he, he seems to be riding something off of that win. So uh, I'll go with Kyle Busch. That's a really good pick. And we know the Toyota boys, as we talked about in topic number one, they are finding a bunch of speed right now. You know, they basically took most of the top five finishing order at Kansas and they showed a lot of speed at Las Vegas. So, I mean, this track has a bit of elements from both Kansas and, and uh, Las Vegas. So Kyle Busch is not a bad pick at all. And his number 18 M&M's crunchy cookie Toyota Camry, which we're recording this on Monday night. I would love to have a crunchy cookie, but I can't I'm trying to keep healthy right now. <laughs> As far as my unbiased pick, I know every time we talk about these picks and it's the intermediate racetrack, I always say number five, Kyle Larson. I will stick to that. And I'll tell you why. Because he was pretty much, other than William Byron, the only Chevrolet who could keep up with those Toyotas uh, at Kansas Speedway. And I really feel like if they can figure out how he can run around dirty air and run in that high line comfortably, and I don't know so much about Texas Motor Speedway running in the high line in turns one and two. Turn three and four, I want to have that run off the corner from the high line. And we know how good young money is when he comes to that. Um, that's sort of my bias, unbiased pick to steal a word from Stefan here. But if we're going to talk about somebody who has nothing to lose and somebody who can cash in when it really matters, let's go with Ryan Blaney. I think... Young Ryan Blaney, YRB, could be in the mix. If they if the Ford camp can figure out how to get their speed at the intermediate racetracks, he could do a good job, especially if you have those late race restarts. Because, you know, as again, stage four, we have that either the natural caution or the aided caution that could happen. So who knows? And I wish each of us, if we won, you know, got the winning pick, we can get a, a share of the million-dollar pick, uh, prize-winning money. But I don't know if TMS works that way. Uh, for us folks, maybe for Stefan, of course, he'll get the actual cash. Me and Nathan, not so much, but that's that's fine. It's all good. Uh, all I know is this weekend, besides checking out the PonyFinish.net for our race content, be sure to check out FS1 for all of the latest action from this weekend, because I'm telling you what, TMS is going to be a party action central this weekend. Well, speaking of, folks, putting perspectives is an inbox for this weekend, uh, but if you enjoyed it, let us know at, at our Twitter handle at the podium finish or at mine at Rob T. Onksen. And of course, Nathan's is at nsolly 2 because right now we're going to head to the final segment of our show. It's a double billing for in the hot seat.
Well, folks, ladies and gentlemen, in the hot seat is going to be a fun, fun one. Of course, as I mentioned, Stefan Parsons, our special guest host, is one of two different drivers on in the hot seat right now. Now, if you heard at the top of the show, Stefan mentioned, of course, his new opportunity with Alpha Prime Racing. As I mentioned during our picks, as, as well as Nathan, we both think he's going to be capable of being a great, solid contender for those top 10, top 15 finishes. So, of course, Stefan has been in the Xfinity Series for quite some time. He is continuing on his family's legacy in NASCAR. He is, of course, the son of legendary race car driver Phil Parsons and Hall of Famer and one of the best in the business from the commentary and driving side, the late Benny Parsons, his nephew. That's his uncle, of course. We miss Benny every day. And I should say we are dedicating this podcast, of course, to Benny Parsons as well. We love him. Miss you, BP. I wish I got to meet you and tell you how awesome you are, but I can tell you your, your nephews are really a hell, hell of a good guy for sure. But Stefan, of course, has been really working hard. He's one of those drivers who I feel like if he, get a good, he gets a good break, he could be that next breakthrough driver because he knows how to handle equipment, tires, everything. He's everything you would want in that next top 10 driver in, the, in NASCAR Xfinity Racing. So Stefan, thanks again for being here on our show. You need to talk about your... A situation of Alpha Prime Racing. So actually, let's move on to what I think we need to talk about, which is Xfinity Series Racing Competition. Nathan and I, we love Xfinity Racing. I would say Nathan just jumps everywhere in his house about how awesome Xfinity Racing is. But let's get your perspective on this. Why is Xfinity Racing so awesome? Uh, I think there's a multitude of reasons. Um, I think they... They went to the composite body, and I think that has created um, some good parity in um, in the sport in the Xfinity series. I think because I mean, you can still tweak and twist them a little bit, and and you obviously have some tolerances, but um, you know everybody has access to the same tools. Everybody can, whether you have your own Hawkeye, or you go down to NASCAR, you can take your car to the Hawkeye and kind of optimize. Um, everything you want to optimize. So I think that composite body is part of it. Um, I think there's just a lot more parity equipment, you know, Xfinity, uh, doesn't use the, uh, doesn't use the no ride height rule. And I think that in my personal opinion, I think that's part of the reason, uh, why there's so much parity because, um, I feel like it takes a little more R and D, a little more simulation, a little stuff, a little more stuff to, to get that sort of thing, right. Get a no ride height rule set up. Right. Um, and we don't have that. So we're a lot like the truck. We're a lot like the truck series. Uh, you know, we run, run bump stops, still have a, still have a ride height rule, a tech height rule that we have to go through um, and have a post-race height rule that we have to meet. I think that's part of it, but I think part of it too, is just the strength of the field. You know, um, if you look th- throughout the, throughout the field, all the way down to the thirties and owner, owners points, um, there's a lot of good cars and a lot of good drivers and a lot of good teams. Um I think you're looking, you see teams like the big machine, uh, Sam Hunt, Jordan Anderson, um, you know, alpha prime. I mean, the list, the list goes on. There are a lot of good teams with good ownership who, um, have really good drivers and a really, really solid programs, you know, especially, um, people are very important in the sport and there are a lot of good people, uh, not just in the best, not just in the, in the top teams, but all the way throughout the garage. So I certainly think that's part of it. And, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed being a part of the Xfinity series the last few years. Um, 
I really enjoy driving those types of race cars. A little bit less downforce, obviously. Still have around 670 horsepower. So um, I think it's just a really fun package. It's a, it's really good racing and, and kind of puts uh, puts a lot of it in the driver's hands. That's what we love to see is having these cars be in your hands so that, yes, the pit crease can make a difference, but when it comes to being on the racetrack, y'all can make a difference in terms of, you know, whether maintaining a position, gaining position, or if you have a setback, to make the most of the situation to rally forward. So I think that's what makes the Xfinity Series, like you said, really fun and interesting and all those mechanical aspects as well. Um, it's a throwback to what the Cup Series used to be. Of course, now the Cup Series seems to be more of a, a streamlined and really highly engineered type of series where the Xfinity Series is sort of the heart and soul of what NASCAR was all about and still is, thanks to your series being so fun and competitive, to say the least. But from that, you know, let's talk more about you. Of course, you have been in Xfinity Series racing for quite some time. You've had some different experiences over the years, you know, obviously some ups and downs, you know, with May being a mental health awareness month. Obviously, you've had some shares of struggles and, of course, successes. So how do you kind of balance it out so that you're optimizing it? You're not getting burnt out by how high stakes NASCAR racing can be. Yeah, you know, it can be tough sometimes. I was I was talking to somebody about this not long ago. You just have to trust the process. You know, this is not uh, this is not an easy sport. Uh, certainly, if you want to make it to the highest level, it is. Uh, often in the sport, you get beat down more than you get uh, lifted up. So uh, you just kind of got to trust the process and honestly take every bad experience for what it's worth and use it uh, to learn and to get better. And I've, uh, that's what I've tried to do. I've, I'm fortunate. I have a, have a really good team around me. Obviously I've got my dad to lean on and I've got um, I'm part of uh, Spire. I've got Philip Smalley, uh, TJ and Jeff. Um, I've got a really good team around me that, that keep me, um, try to keep me straight. So, um, but yeah, you know, you just got to keep your head down and dig, um, you know, and, and the, the wonderful thing about this sport, especially when you run uh, more races or a full-time schedule is uh, no matter how, how bad or how much the last weekend sucked, right. You show up on Monday and you go to work and you get ready for the next weekend and there's another opportunity to go out there and succeed. So I certainly think that's part of it. And, um, you just, you know, this sport is, is ebbs and flows and you just got to kind of ride, ride the waves as they come. Exactly. I think you've nailed it right there. Um, you know, it could be said for any industry, but with NASCAR in particular, you know, this is one sport where you could be a hero one weekend and then you could be at the bottom of the, the situation the next weekend. I mean, Joey Logano knows all too well about that. He wins at Darlington and then Kansas is a weekend he, he would rather forget, you know, wrecking his car and all so certainly have to be well conditioned not only physically but mentally as well and that's the that's the great thing about being a human being is we have to do our best with the situation we're we're dealt with to say the least now before i hand it over to nathan for the next couple of questions i do want to make it lighthearted. and yes i do talk about hair on tpf live maybe a little bit too much but i know Stefan, you sported the mullet which made me think of your father back in the day but uh, recently you got an aerodynamic adjustment to it. So, I mean, is this sort of a little competition that you guys have in the Xfinity series? Because Noah Gregson keeps doing the mullet thing. I think he's trying to grow one again. What's the deal with hair in the Xfinity series? <laughs> I don't know. I People have always kind of said that I've had funny hair. So uh, I figure why not make it a little bit more ridiculous and grow a mullet? So uh, I don't know why ever since I was a kid, I 
wanted to have a mullet and I kind of was just like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. So it was fun while it lasted, but it was, uh, it was time for it to go. You know, I didn't want to <laughs> let it go. I was, I was persuaded by the powers that be to let it go. Um, but I quickly realized, uh, when I got, I, I cut it before Richmond when I got, when I got to the racetrack at Rich, Richmond, I quickly realized that the overwhelming consensus was that I needed to cut it. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, it was fun while it lasted. It was a fun thing to do. We had a little fun with it. But, uh, yeah, the mullet is no more. Uh, RRP mullet. It was nice while it lasted since late last year. But I think you got the coolest hair around the NASCAR series. I, I envy you because you could – I don't know if you use pomade or gel, but I, I you've got better hair than me. Mine is just like it's given up for the summer. It's just <laughs> – I know folks can't see it. But I would describe my hair as sort of a parted, almost like mop top right now. And I call it a dad cut at this point since I'm pretty much I'm old enough to be your father's on this show, which is pretty <laughs> scary. Uh, I'm very I'm very fortunate. I have a good sponsor in Bond Beauty. They keep they keep they try to keep me uh, looking right. Hmm. If they could hook us up, maybe I will try their products and they could be the new sponsor along with CircleBDiecast.com. But uh, we'll talk about that off the show about the, the business side because I don't want to give away those fun secrets. But Nathan, I know you're dying to ask some questions because I know Xfinity Series is kind of your, your little brainchild. So I will let you take the TPF race car for a spin with uh, Stefan. Well, I will say my hair certainly needs some uh, some work myself. I guess the, the current bull cut or whatever you want to call it isn't isn't working right now. But um, you know, I, I of course wanted to talk to you a little bit about you know th- this opportunity with with Alpha Prime Racing and you know Tommy Joe Martins. He kind of seems to epitomize everything in in a team owner. And I, I talked with him. And I talked with um, you know Roger Roger Carruth at Richmond. But just what are you looking forward to most in in driving for him? Yeah, you know, it's it's cool. I've uh you know, when I worked as a as a mechanic on on BJ's team, Tommy Joe was was driving for BJ. So I actually worked uh on Tommy Joe's cars and got to know him that way uh really well and for it to come full circle now um is is really really cool. You know, I'm just excited. I'm really excited about where they are taking their program and the vision they have uh for the future. Uh, not just this year, but years to come. And that's just really exciting to me. I kind of compare Tommy Joe to like a, a, a Justin Marks in a way that really trying to uh, re-energize uh, the sport and the way, you know, the approach is done to owning a race team and trying to uh, do things a little bit different in their own way. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just, I'm super excited and I'm really excited to get to Texas this weekend and uh and show what we are capable of now you know you're, you're obviously racing like um you know mo- most of these races with alpha prime racing but um you know in, in, in nearly every race you're gonna have a different teammate and I, I think there's eight or nine different drivers now driving for alpha prime racing just what's that like having you know so many different guys in the shop to kind of just pick their brains and, and learn from them yeah it's cool you know we've got raja obviously uh ryan ellis we've had balicki um, just now they just now say Andy Lally is running Portland. So, um, I will definitely be leaning on Andy, uh, for help at Portland, considering I have never seen the place. Um, but it's cool, you know, just anytime you can get any perspective from anybody who's been in the sport and been around the sport is, is really cool. Whether it's, uh, somebody like Raja who, uh, is coming up to the sport, um, 
hasn't been around that long and kind of a fresh perspective or somebody like Annie Lally who's been around the sport for a decade and, and has seen everything and done everything, sports cars, different disciplines. So uh, anytime you can lean on uh, those experiences, no matter what they are, is beneficial. Now, obviously, you, know, you, you drove for BJ McLeod here for a couple of seasons, but you know this new opportunity with Alpha Prime Racing. How do how do you view how do you view this opportunity? Do you kind of view this as maybe the best opportunity you've gotten in in NASCAR. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly, I think I think Tommy Joe's uh, Tommy Joe and Caesar have built a uh, really really good program. I think you've seen that with how fat the speed, the just the raw speed they have. Obviously, uh, Ryan Ellis has run really good in their stuff and. Raja has been really fast. He was really fast at Dover before they had an issue. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. You know, we've had some good run at BJ, uh, good runs at BJ's too, uh, for sure. And, and, you know, he's, he's been putting a lot of his program, but I'm just, uh, I'm really excited to see what we can do this weekend with Tommy Joe. Now my, my last question for you before, before I turn things over back over to Rob, but, um, your sister, Cammie, is married to Sheldon Creed, one, uh, a fellow competitor in the, in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Um, I'm kind of curious, what, what's that dynamic like between, between you and Sheldon? I know you guys got into each other a little bit at Auto Club, but uh, what's it like kind of racing with him? Uh, it's good. You know, it's all in good fun. We uh, Obviously, Fontana wasn't ideal. I kind of figured uh, racing in, in almost every race with each other that we would eventually get around each other and uh, – and maybe have a little dust up. I didn't really expect it to be the second race of the year, um, but it's good. You know, I've known Sean for a long time and he's been a good friend of mine and uh, certainly happy to have him as part of our family, but it's cool. You know, I, I, we can, we talk a lot during the weekends and, and hang out some during the week. You know, we just had uh, Cammy's baby shower last week. So that was fun. And, you know, Sheldon's got a micro sprint that, I went out there. I went out to Millbridge out here in Mooresville and, and tested ran some laps in. So uh, it's a good relationship and it's uh, it's definitely, uh, definitely interesting to race against your brother-in-law, but uh, it's all in good fun. Yeah. Brother-in-laws are pretty fun to have. You're not always going to have the greatest of moments, but you do know that that's why the word brothers in it. Cause you guys can disagree like a real brother would. And uh I can say for, say, say for sure that they'll come through for you when you, when you really need it. Um, just maybe not on the racetrack in your case. So I'm glad in my case, I don't have to raise my brother-in-law. He would destroy me on a racetrack because he <laughs> likes to go a little faster than me, but uh, much love to you, my brother-in-law to my brother-in-law, Matt on that little joke right there. Before we reveal the guest, second guest of our, our hot seat interview, which I think you're going to be really happy to hear um, in this case, Stefan. You know, I, I hate doing the whole, what's your goals and expectations? I know you talked a little bit about that, but we have to kind of ask about that. Of course, we were, we're inquisitive journalists here on TPF Live. So, I mean, what do you expect out of yourself from this next few, several races with Alpha Prime? Because I know what they can do. We, we seen, we've seen how fast Roger can run in that car. Um, what do you think you can do in that car? Uh, yeah, I certainly think we can go have some good top 15 runs. But right now, our goal, honestly, is uh, is to get to 45 uh, points. That's that's our biggest goal. You know, we've uh, the Xfinity Series is uh, everybody kind of fights, at least in, in our area of the garage. We kind of fight for the top 30 in, in points for the bonus money. So uh, right now for our next few races, that's our goal is to get as many points as we can and, and come away with some good finishes. I reckon you will do that for sure because we've seen what you can do with BJ's team. We've seen what you do did at JD Motorsports. So certainly I think Alpha Prime has made a wise choice to have you in that race car for several events. 
And I know the schedule hasn't been released yet for you as far as what races you'll be in, but I think in Nathan's case, he's hoping you'll be at New Hampshire. In my case, I hope you'll be at least at the Texas Motor Speedway race in the fall and the Roval race weekend. Cause if you are, would love to do these in person again, cause it's a lot of fun to talk to you um, and get more of your movie thoughts. Cause I know last time you and I were talking and digressing about um, the Joker movie, which I still think three years later is a hell of a good movie. Um, and I still, I'm trying to, kind of see things from your perspective as to everything that happened if if the joker was a false uh or uh, unreliable narrator because now you've got me thinking like a movie critic <laughs> to say the least so um man i i love talking to you and really appreciate you having you on i think mm-hmm. it's now a matter of time to tell you and all the audiences who's your co-driver for hot seats so nathan why don't you tell us the surprise right now yeah, for sure. So our, uh, our other one ironically happens to be Sheldon Creed, um, you know, Stephen's uh, brother-in-law. Uh, you know, it's, I sat down with uh, Sheldon a few weeks ago uh, at, at, at Dover Motor Speedway, uh, obviously, you know, talking about his journey uh, in, into the NASCAR Xfinity Series, winning the, winning the Truck Series Championship, um, kind of his, his bit of an untraditional journey through, through some of the off-road racing and, and some of the dirt racing to get into uh, to get a NASCAR. So it was uh, super awesome sitting down with him. Uh, so I guess without without further ado, we'll we'll roll right into uh, that interview with Sheldon right here on TPF Live. So obviously, you know this is your first full time season here in the Xfinity Series through nine races. How would you evaluate your start? Ooh, um, I'd say it's been a humbling start, but uh, I feel like before the season started, I I kind of didn't have. Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is. Uh, expectations. Just wanted to go out and learn as much as I could early, and and we've showed speed early, but uh, I've made mistakes that, that have kind of set us back a little bit. And just trying to learn the new car and, and learn uh, learn how to race a lot of new guys. Um, obviously, coming from the truck series, uh, if you don't race really hard and aggressive there, you you just you're not going to be fast, and, and Xfinity is kind of opposite of that. So, trying to learn a little bit of that on, on how to race these guys, and um, what I want in the car, what what the guys need in the car for it to go fast, and, and just trying to get it all figured out. To get to this point, you took a little bit more of an untraditional route to racing. How did that all start, and how did you kind of translate the the off-roading stuff into NASCAR? Yeah, I don't I don't really know at, at what point. We decided to go NASCAR, but yeah, had a lot of fun growing up racing off-road, dirt bikes, all that, and then um, kind of dabbled in some late model stuff. Honestly, didn't really like it to be honest. Um, and then drove an ARCA car a couple times, and, and actually had a lot of fun with that. And then um, kind of went part-time ARCA racing, 17 there, a little bit in 16, and then went full-time in 18, um, and won the championship, and then went truck racing and. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely different than any other form of racing I've ever done, and, and I still like to dirt race a lot, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot harder than than I think everyone sees it, and, and if it's, everyone's really good, it's here. What about the late model stuff, didn't you like? Uh, I mean, I was, you know, 16, 17 at the time, I was having a ton of fun racing off-road and, and just riding dirt bikes, and uh, I'd just thought the late models were boring to be honest and and didn't love they probably didn't love the fact that you couldn't drive it as hard as you could the whole time or the off-road trucks were like that 
uh, the dirt racing stuff, so a lot more like that. And I didn't like the, the fact that you had to, to save your stuff and uh, just the way you had to race them. Sure, and you know, like you said, you won the Arca Championship in 2018. How were you kind of able to, to translate you know, everything into NASCAR so quickly? Um, I had speed naturally really fast, but it was it's it's always been like that for me, but it's always figuring out the rest of it, you know, how to race and uh, how to set the cars up and, and what I need to do as a driver behind the wheel and, and making decisions to, to not be fast, but just to finish races and finish up front. Uh, that's been the hard part for me. Um, in 2020, obviously, you, you, know, you won the Truck Series Championship. Uh, kind of what was that moment like for you, progressing up to that point? Man, that was really cool. We had a, a great season, won five races that year, and um, ran up front a lot, led the most laps out of anyone, won the most stages, and just had a really, really great year. Um, I thought more opportunities were going to come from it, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously sponsors and money is tough in our sports, so uh, it didn't lead to anything, but um, yeah, I'm sure it, it helped uh, my case and getting the ride here at RCR and, and getting this opportunity now. Um, when you won both of those championships, you did so with the same crew chief, Jeff Stankiewicz, um, you know, he's your crew chief here. Um, why do you think you two work together so well? Uh, we just we've had a good relationship from the beginning, and um, I feel like we understand each other a lot, and and we can be super honest with each other, and, and not you know get butt hurt or I wouldn't say we don't get mad at each other because we definitely do, but uh, we can you know move on right away. We don't we're never hung up on it, and uh, I think you know, at this point he knows how I like the cars to drive and. Um, done a good job at, at giving me cars that, that are fast. Um, what makes him such an effective crew chief to you? Man, I don't know. He's just good at his job, and, and we get along, and we have a great friendship. Um, and I think that's that's a lot of it, is, is the relationship part of it, and um, you know, trusting me and what I think the car needs, um, you know, and him doing his thing in the shop. As you've made this jump to Xfinity this year, what's been the biggest learning curve in your eyes? Um, biggest learning curve, probably just how they race. They don't, uh, man, these guys don't like to be raced super hard. They, um, I don't know, they, they're more, I think, old school, where the truck's a bunch of kids that are just super aggressive and, and hungry, and, and here you're you know, expected to give respect and, and earn it the hard way. So, uh, yeah, me being super aggressive probably wasn't, um, you know, super, super liked on the racetrack. So I think that's been pretty big, and then just learning how the cars drive and, and what they need to go fast. Is that a good thing, learning how to give and gain respect? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it would, it would probably help me through portions of the race, you know, people cut you breaks, but if they know that you're not going to, you know, they're not going to give you the break, so, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, it's going to turn into it one day, the Cup Series is turning into it already, and, and the Truck Series is, just Xfinity is, um, I don't know, I think the more kids that come up, and the more guys that go to Cup, you're going to see a lot more aggressive racing, and, uh, yeah, if you don't jump on the boat, you're going to get left behind. 
Uh, compared to the Truck Series package, what do you like about this Xfinity package, and are there any similarities to the two, or is it kind of a whole other ball game? Yeah, they're completely different. The truck is super high downforce, um, different motor, that's spec motor, where here we have built motors, and uh, a lot less downforce, slip and sliding around, which actually is, is a lot funner to drive, and they race a lot better around other cars. So. Uh, I think the Xfinity platform is, is a lot of fun and something I like. Obviously you have that road racing background and in the Xfinity series there's a lot more road courses in the truck series. Do you like that? Do you like having more opportunities to go out there and compete at those types of tracks? Yeah, I love it. I wish we had more road courses to be honest. If, if we went to 15 road courses during the year I'd love that. But um, you know, obviously that's not what NASCAR was, was built off of. So. Um, yeah, love when we get to go to road courses. Um, as a as both a driver and a team, what do you need to do? Do you feel to, to put yourself in a position to make the playoffs? Uh, just go out and some win some races. <laughs> really, that's the easy way out. But uh, I mean, if we can't do that, then then we just need to start being more consistent. I think we can still point our way back in pretty easily uh, if we just had a good stretch of of weeks with good playoff points and, and good good stages and, and all that. But um, yeah, I think if we hit it right and have a smooth race, you know, we can you know compete for wins. What's been your favorite part about racing in the series so far? Um, probably the competition. It's uh, it's really hard, and I don't think a lot of people look at that. You know, you got your your Ryan Siegs and your and your Brandon Browns and Jeremy Clements that are you know family-owned teams, and I think they're overlooked. Um, a little bit, and, and they're really good race car drivers, and their teams are really good. So, um, you know, not just only them, you know, you, all the big teams are obviously really good drivers. So, uh, it's just really stacked all the way through. Um, what are your goals for both this season and then down the road? Uh, just would love to get more consistent this year, get some wins, uh, obviously, try to make the playoffs and go as far as we can, try to make the final four. Um, yeah, and I think another year of Xfinity would be good uh, for me, and then, then try to go cup racing after that. For sure. My final question for you, what is one thing in racing that you haven't been able to do yet that you'd like to do? Race a dirt midget. Yeah. I'd love to go around midgets, or, uh, man, rally cars look really fun, too. I'd love to do that. Awesome, awesome. Well, folks, that was a really awesome edition of Hot Seat. A bit of brotherly love here on TPF Live, if you will. Uh, so really cool to hear from two Chevrolet-based drivers, of course, and Sheldon Creed and Stefan Parsons. And Stefan, it's no doubt that the family gene has certainly passed on from your uncle to your dad to now you. I can see why y'all are such great analysts and great race car drivers, um, because y'all are just so good. I bet you guys are good at playing chess. Uh, if that's the case, I could use some of your advice because... I play a little bit of that on the side when I actually have free time and I get my you-know-what kicked uh, all the time in chess. But this is not what TPF Live is about. We're all about motorsports. Uh, so before we close things out, of course, we want to thank you, Stefan, for joining us today. It's super awesome. Hope to have you on again, um, you know, as a, a live uh, special guest like this or at the racetrack. Uh, either way, man, so, so glad to have you on. Before you know, we close out the show. Did you have anything you want to say to your racing fans out there right now? Uh, yeah, I appreciate the support, and uh, we're gonna go kick some butt this weekend. 
I like the theme. You didn't say kick some um, Bass Pro Shops. I think I'm a good influence today on uh, episode 30. So keeping it clean edition. But um, man, again, you're always more than welcome to be on, on TPF Live. So thanks again, brother. You're, you're always awesome. Hope to catch up with you in person. And if we ever figure out how to do this in person, I want to, I don't know if you played Mario Kart, but I would love to play you on Mario Kart on a Switch and see which one of us is a real race car driver. Um, I'm big on Mario Kart Wii. That's my, that's my forte. That's my specialty. Uh, yeah, I love Mario Kart. But thanks again, Steph, and really appreciate it. Nathan, do you have anything else you want to say before we put this away and hopefully not get me in the swear jar uh, category? Yeah, I know you're... Uh, I- don't know what happened there, but um, <laughs> technical uh, difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> of course, be sure to uh, check out all of our other content on uh, on TPF website. We got a lot more, uh, m- many more interviews to come. Certainly, a lot more from uh, the Xfinity Garage, the Truck Garage, all that. So, uh, stay tuned for for more content on, on PodiumFinish.com. Podium Finish is where it's at, ladies and gents. You know where to find us. We're always on Twitter world, Facebook world. Maybe Martin Scorsese world. That's probably why I swore, by the way. Um, well, off camera. So sorry, FCC. Not really. But um, anyways, folks, episode 30 was fun. I clearly had a lot of fun. And hope you folks at home enjoyed this because we've got many, many more shows coming each Wednesday on the world of Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I want to keep the show going, but it's Monday night as a recording. We're all pretty tired. Who loves Mondays? I don't know. But anyways, folks, what I can tell you what's on debate is Wednesdays are always fun because TPF Live is around. So why don't we get this show wrapped up so we can get ready for episode 31. So Stefan, again, thank you so much for joining us. Hope to have you on again in a future show for sure. Uh, with that being the case, we are out of time here on TPF Live. We want to thank you folks at home for listening to us. We truly appreciate it. So for Nathan Solomon, Stefan Parsons, Sheldon Creek, I'm Rob Johnson. Drop of the mic saying thank you so much for listening to our show here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcast platform you listen to. As always, let's go get that checkered flag. And until next time, so long, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>